0: tonight on point and click a couple of apps we want to recommend to our listeners an update on the mendocino community network potential sale new in- images from the james webb spa- space telescope a week after the first set stunned everyone upcoming uh, important apple updates to all of their major products and uh An important possible Senate bill coming up to propose a ban on those pesky, hated data caps on your Internet service. Stick around for point and click. Welcome to Point and Click Radio, the bi-weekly computer show, and the only computer show here on KZYXNZ. I'm your host, Bob Lawton. Uh, Jim Hyde is on assignment tonight, and uh, we're going to talk about a lot of uh, exciting new apps and updates and important things to know about your digital life. And we've been doing this here for more than 25 years now. This was this was this show was early in the digital space way early and uh, we're happy to still be here bringing you uh news that matters to people that live in a rural area like mendocino county support for kzyx comes from our members and sonoma clean power serving the mendocino county community since june 2021 scp's all new Advanced Energy Center provides recommendations for energy saving products and appliances for homes and businesses. More information at SCP Advanced That's a long one. Let me say that again more slowly. That's SCP Advanced Energy Center, all one word, And thank you to SCP and everybody that supports listener-supported community radio here in Mendocino County. Let's get right to the top of the list. There's some important and interesting apps. Uh, Jim sent me a link to one called Watch Duty, which is available on uh, iPhone and Android from iPhone, the Apple uh, App Store Uh, android the google play store watch duty parentheses wildfire is the name of the app it's from sherwood forestry services watch duty gives you real-time information about fire movement and firefighting efforts in california so this is specific to us guys here it's gotten a 4.8 out of five review on the apple store um and it was updated one week ago so this is not a uh, this is not old uh, uh an old app this is an app that's that's lively up to date and uh sounds like a really valuable addition to your phone or tablet or portable device um it uh gives uh real-time updates and uh Uh, Fire information on California and has very complete uh, detailed history, movement, firefighting efforts. And it sounds like something no one would want to be without. Watch Duty is the name of the app again. Stay up to date on wildfires. It's free. And again, it's available for iPad, iPhone, Android, and Android-based tablets all from uh, the respective uh, stores where you can acquire these, uh, these apps. And uh, it's a small 30.4 megabyte app and it's kept up to date and it's pretty brand new because it looks like it was just released this year and i I think i have heard about it from some other people jim sent me a text message saying say this on the show tonight because it's really important you know just just to be able to keep up to date um it gives real-time information and you can get push notifications about hazardous conditions on the ground so it will give notifications monitor the situation and make informed decisions when seconds count and seconds do count when you're talking about wildfires the other app is one that just came across uh, my desk today when i was reading my um uh news update from uh wired magazine i get a occasional letter uh, from uh, wired updating uh, me on interesting things and it's kind of you know it's kind of spammy it's it covers all kinds of different areas but I can read through it pretty fast and just get a, uh, a take on on things and occasionally something jumps out that just that just stops me and uh, because, uh, well, more than anything, it would probably just apply to my interests. But this is something that um, I think um, would be valuable to anybody. And especially if you're concerned about the quality of the food you eat and the products that uh, you put in or on or around your body. Um, and this is called yuca. Y-U-K-A, Y-U-K-A it's a app from france the developers uh, are in paris it's been out for a couple of years it's got 30 million users and if you remember back to when there was a big fight over nutrition labels on food and if you remember the big agribusiness and uh uh, food conglomerates and everything were just, you know, lobbying Congress up one side and down the other, saying people don't want to know, they don't care, they don't need to know how many grams of sugar are in their breakfast cereal or canned peaches or or any of that stuff, or what kind of sub-microscopic... Uh, Things we add to the food just because we want to put it in there because it makes our industrial process more, more, uh, streamlined and, and profitable for us. And they fought against the nu- nutrition labels and the nutrition labels that are on, on cans and packages now are, are, are pretty minimal and they kind of go for the majority of, you know, salt, sugar, protein, added sugars, blah, 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 blah. And then, I believe if it's under one-half of 1%, one they don't even have to tell you that. But this new app, Yuka, new to me, it's been around a couple of years, like I said. Yucca food, cons- food and Cosmetic Scanner is like having one and a half million nutrition labels in your pocket. It's a free mobile app that allows you to scan the barcodes of food and personal care products and instantly see the impact on your health. A rating and detailed information help you understand the analysis of each product. When a product has a negative impact on your health, Yuka also recommends similar but healthier alternative products. And here's the reason I just stopped what I was doing and immediately downloaded this this app. It's 100% independent. Uh, The developers say Yuka is a 100% independent project. Product reviews and recommendations of healthier alternatives are done in an objective way. No brand or manufacturer can influence them one way or another. Furthermore, there is no in-app advertising. You can access detailed information on our business model on our website, which is yuka, Y-U-K-A, Io. That's the website, yuka.io. And it's a very user-friendly, informative uh, website, and um, it tells you all about the uh, application itself, all about how it, the team came together to de- develop it, how they pride themselves on their independence. Uh, they have a blog where you can read uh, interesting um sidebar type information. And um, it's also available not only for Apple products, but for uh, Google Play Store, uh, on the Google Play Store for Android and and those types of, of devices that run on the Android Google platform. And to start using the program, there is no charge. It's a free program to download and start scanning. And um, because it's independent, they completely depend on people willing to up to the premium uh, version of the app, which um, adds some really interesting features, uh, but they're not essential to start scanning your products. If you want to go through your uh, kitchen or pantry or bathroom and start scanning things like your shampoo or soap, or the types of snacks you eat, or the types of stuff you buy that comes in boxes and cans, as opposed to, you know, fresh or stuff you grow your own. Um, You can start doing it right away. One of the features that I did learn that they add to the premium version is you can just search for products by name, which you can't do on the free version of the app. But the uh, in-app purchases uh, are... uh, Range from nine dollars to eighteen and a half dollars a year for a premium, and um, this this looks to me so useful that I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't hesitate to to become a member and support the company. They seem to be fairly successful in their in their um, endeavors. They've got thirty million users. Um, they cover three million referenced. Products, 2 million food products and 1 million cosmetic uh, products. And each pro- food product is evaluated according to three objective criteria nutritional quality, presence of additives, and the organic components of the product. And the same thing is uh, relative to the cosmetic products that it analyzes, based on the analysis of all the ingredients in the products, especially if they're harmful to skin or have carcinogenic properties and and and, and uh, such. But um, what's really interesting is it just it gives a immediate rating of points out of a hundred, and. Um, We'll tell you if it's good, uh, poor, acceptable, bad. I won't mention any products over, over the... But some all-time family favorites uh, are rated as bad, like 5 out of a 100. And it's, it's easy to see why, because they're counting things like how much sugar, how many additives, and it gives a complete component by component breakdown like it'll say it has 11 additives and if you tap on the 11 it'll give you the list of what 11 additives there are and you can say well i really don't want to ingest that so i really think i will this is a famous uh, breakfast cereal from a well-known uh general milling company uh rated five out of a hundred uh 37 grams of sugar 11 additives 407 calories <laughs> uh 630 milligrams of sodium and uh but it does have an excellent amount of positive uh, fiber so they do give it a positive rating but um i thought this was just an incredible addition to um your digital arsenal and it it just it really hits home in in every way um here's a body wash product from a well-known cosmetic company 12 out of 100 bad the first ingredient that they warn you about is it contains bht well it doesn't say how it got in there but that's not something you want to have anywhere near your person bht is is uh, a high risk uh, component i believe it's carcinogenic and then they list a bunch of other moderate risk and low risk. But because it has a high-risk ingredient, they rate it 12 out of 100. But then they recommend other products that are much higher, like 80 or 90 out of 100, that would be good for you. So, And this is all done using their algorithms uh, to compare the product you select to uh, comparable products. Now, & Click has no interest in this product other than being able to use it uh, as a personal product. Um, addition to our our uh, our choice of, of apps and you know you can just walk into their grocery store and not even bother to look at the lists of ingredients because again if, if those trace additives they don't have to list those for some reason um, you know talk to your elected representative next time you talk to them and find out <laughs> but um This uh, company, based in Paris, and I believe they um, have a French version, a Canadian version, and an uh, uh, American version of the app uh, available. So it's available probably uh, in multiple languages. Anyway, Yuka—that's Yuka. If you want to go to their website and read more about the uh, details of the program, Yuka.io, available on the. Apple App Store or the Google Play Store for iPhones and Android phones, respectively. And this is & Click Radio, the bi-weekly computer show. I'm Bob Lawton here tonight flying solo. Jim Hyde is on assignment, uh, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. And uh, we continue to cover items of digital interest to our community as best we can. And so um, I want to go on and quickly read the statement from the Mendocino Unified School District on the future of MCM. This just came out today, Dateline, uh, Mendocino, July 27th, 22 at 1141 a.m. Future of MCN. MCN is Mendocino Community Network. That was the pioneering internet provider that started up in mendocino in the early 90s with a grant from nasa and i believe the california department of education and it was to provide uh what was then a relatively high speed direct internet connection so people didn't have to make long distance calls to santa rosa or wherever just to get get online uh, and and pay for uh long distance calls uh to connect over modems to the internet. But MCN has been around. While the future of MCN was the topic of a special board meeting on July 7th, 2022, please know that MCN is still open for business and ready to serve and support our customers. All of our outside operations staff and inside operations agents are available during our normal business hours, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., and can be contacted either via email, support at mcn.org, or by telephone 707-937-1444. Because of the nature of our small size, there may be instances where you will have to leave a message as our technicians may be in the field helping other customers with hardware issues. All emails and calls will be returned. At the July 7 board meeting, the board took action to begin the process of selling MCN. However, the district is continuing to look to recruit a business manager and an inside operations manager, which would allow us to maintain operations and continue to be owned by the school district. The sales process will begin with the publication of a notice inviting bids for sale beginning July 21 through 11 of August in the local papers. The district is requiring that sealed bids be received at the district office before noon on August 19th, 2022, all bids will be opened and evaluated on August 19th. The district may reject all bids or accept the highest bid. Through the ongoing recruitment, we are continuing to look for qualified candidates who would be interested in either a permanent or permanent or interim position. Interim candidates would help us uh, help to get us through the sales process while permanent candidates will allow us to maintain operations. That's the update on Mendocino Community Network. And that was forwarded to me by Jim Hyde. And uh, that's good news. Uh, It sounds like things are promising if you are an MCN subscriber. Hopefully they will be able to continue to operate it. However, I trust that if they do wind up selling the MCN network that it's probably going to land in pretty good hands because I think they have a, a good base over there of, of interested parties and there's been a lot of activity a lot of activity trying to improve constantly improve the connectivity over on the coast because it's a popular popular area to visit a lot of the visitors want to have high speed internet when they get there okay the other follow-up from the last uh, show was the james webb space telescope which is of interest to jim and myself uh and uh there is news that one week later astronomers find a galaxy even deeper back in time uh And this is the uh, data from the Webb Space Telescope has only gotten into the hands of astronomers over the last few weeks. But they've been waiting for years for this and apparently had their analytical engines all set to go. The result has been something like a race back in time as new discoveries find objects that formed ever closer to the Big Bang that produced our universe, according to astronomers. Last week, one of these searches turned up a galaxy that was present less than 400 million years after the Big Bang. This week, a new analysis has picked out a galaxy as it appeared only 233 million million years after the universe popped into existence. The discovery is a happy byproduct of the work that was designed to answer a more general question. How many galaxies should we expect to see at different time points after the Big Bang? Well, this reporting is from Aris Technica, and uh, it was uh, posted yesterday. Um, and it's nice to see the James Webb Space Telescope uh, is continuing to deliver on the promise of discovering earlier ga- early galaxies. That was what it was sent up for. And uh, I, I, I find it's fascinating that the astronomers had their had their computers just idling away waiting for the data to come in knowing what was knowing what they were going to be searching for knowing what kind of data they were hoping to find and that they just put it in uh, you know put it through the pipeline and come up with this uh, first a 400 million year old galaxy uh, I'm sorry not 400 million years old 400 million years after the big Bang and then uh, another one 233 million years after the uh, after the Big Bang, which is which is exciting. That's uh, James Webb Space Telescope. Good news from James Webb. Okay, I just want to do a quick rundown, and we'll probably, as we get closer to the fall introduction of all of Apple's new products, I just want to kind of, because I've been c- considering this myself, uh, I uh, am the last person probably that wants to run out and buy the newest, latest, greatest computer. But I'm just getting the, the, um, I'm getting the message that it might be time to uh, update Macs, uh, which is what I primarily use as computers. Um, and uh, it's because Apple has changed their platform. Uh, they first came out with uh, Motorola processors, And then they switched to a newer generation of Motorola processors that were a um, collaboration between Apple, IBM, and Motorola that was the PowerPC that started in the uh, middle to late 90s and then continued through the original multicolored iMacs and the G3, G4, and G5 versions of the Mac. And then back in the early 2000s uh apple by then ceo steve jobs announced that apple was moving off of motorola processors which had not really kept up with the industry to intel and apple's been on intel for uh a little less than 20 years and uh, i think they still sell one model of computer i think it's the uh, Mac Mini quad processor still has an Intel uh, setup in it. not sure why it could be that those are one of those things that are used uh, uh, behind the scenes in a lot of a lot of places. They may be used in automation or uh, data centers or something like that but they have not dumped the Intel uh, Mac mini although they have also upgraded the Mac mini to their latest processor which they just announced. Uh, Not just announced, which they announced recently, a year or so ago. I think they previewed it in the fall of 2020 uh, with the release of the M1 Mac Mini and the M1 MacBook Pro. Anyway, now that there's a new platform, uh, they're starting to come up with features that, starting this fall with the newest versions of their operating systems, will only run. Now these are features, not the whole entire operating system, but certain keystone features they're planning on announcing. And um, some of these will only run on the newest, latest, and greatest processors, the so-called Apple Silicon. And this is the complete system on a chip that has the memory, the video card, the uh, central processor the uh, data storage uh, solid state drive all on one piece of silicon and it's designed to be a very well integrated high speed low energy consumption low thermal uh, property uh, computer chip system on a chip it's called apple silicon And the new versions are uh, the M1 and the M2. But these are extensions of what Apple has been putting in their iPhones since the very beginning. So Apple has actually had Apple Silicon in um, the iPhone and then the iPad. And the iPod Touch since about uh, whenever they announced it, 2010, I believe, or something like that. But now the uh, that type of chip is in all of their products uh, that they have except for the Big Mac Pro, the industrial strength computer, which uh, they have probably just simply held off on changing, or they may even actually probably possibly be going to just discontinue it and and continue to come out with these amazingly fast and uh, cool-running, powerful um, computers like the Mac Studio that they announced earlier this year. Anyway, they're coming out with iOS 16 for the iPhone and uh, iPad OS 16 for the um, iPad devices, and a new version of the Mac OS called Mac OS Ventura. And uh, I just wanted to hit on a couple of the uh, interesting features that has really changed uh, how these devices work. Now, there's one thing about Apple I'm starting to notice now that uh, the uh, co-founder, Steve Jobs, has been gone for more than 10 years um and it's been kind of hard to figure out what their direction is apple's a very private company they don't uh they don't spill their beans to uh reporters and journalists every day of the week um they don't ever pre-announce anything um except at the um developers conference because they have to tell the developers what are co- what's coming down the line because developers have to have it ready for when the new versions uh, of the software come out. Um, but iOS 16, uh, Apple says it enhances iPhone with all new personalization features, deeper intelligence, and more seamless ways to communicate and share. That sounds like market speak to me but um, anyway what i was saying uh in observing apple it seems like they uh it's kind of like that Giant searchlight that's on top of the Eiffel Tower or, or on top of any big antenna, you know, it, it kind of spins around and covers the horizon and you can watch it go over the mountains and over the trees and it'll come back to where it started. And it's sort of like Apple is going through their whole product line and, uh, feature line and services line and accessories line and saying, well, this year we're going to concentrate on Apple Music and Apple Books and Apple TV and, and all these services will just put a big push on on all these new features. And then they get everything kind of up to the A-level where they want it. Ups, well, we're kind of behind everybody now on on what graphic artists and, and engineers and stuff are using. So we'd better come out with some machines that are more powerful and more suited to those types of, of heavy-duty users. And so they just last... Uh, Spring came out with the Mac Studio, which is an incredible piece of hardware and um, should be uh, satisfying the needs of almost any uh, heavy-duty computer user. And they, they do that. And then, oops, well, Intel is not cu- keeping up with what we need. Their processors all run hot. Our laptops have the fans come on all the time. Well, let's just get the uh, iPhone processor and and whip it up into a one that'll work inside of a... Mac Mini will send that to our developers and start working on a new platform uh, with our Apple Silicon. And so it seems to me now that they're back to the software and realizing that there's so many features that haven't changed over five, six, seven, eight, nine, even 10 generations. With the iPhone, the t- at the top of the page, on the iOS 16 preview is the lock screen. Now, if you've seen people with Android phones, if you have an Android phone, most Android phones will tell you the time even if the phone's not running. Even if you're not logged in, it'll just have the glowing numbers so you can at least tell the time. You don't have to unlock or open your phone or flip it up or spin it around or anything or press a button to get it to tell you the time. It just does it. Uh, so Apple has reimagined the lock screen, and they've done some really interesting things. Uh, make your iPhone your own with all new ways to personalize your lock screen. Showcase favorite photos. Customize font styles. They've never had that before. Display a set of widgets right on the lock screen. In other words, before you password in or face ID in or uh, thumbprint in or something like that. Um, you can have uh, a lot of custom features, including fonts, which they've never done before. And apparently they have uh, will be having an um, always-on feature. And uh, they also have another feature that lets you create multiple lock screens uh, that you can easily switch between. Or you can actually set up uh, focuses or foci, I guess you'd say, uh, which are are work modes. They're modalities of work. So if you're at your job at your desk, your phone will have one set of behaviors. If you're on your commute, riding on the the bus or the train, you can have another focus. If you're home in the evening wanting to listen to your favorite music or watch your favorite uh, shows on Apple TV or whatever, whatever service, you can have a focus for that. And um, they are going to add a streamlined setup for focus that lets you select apps and people you want to receive notifications from. So if you don't want somebody to call you when you're at work, a family member, say, or a friend that's always telling you, you know, what they just had for lunch. Um. You can silence people or silence notifications depending on what focus you're suggesting. But you can also attach a custom lock screen to this. Now, this is not happening now. Um, This is happening uh, with the iOS 16 for iPhone, which is now available um, as a beta version, if you want to, a public beta, they call it, before only developers had the... The preview versions now the Apple has released the public version but um, some of these features I believe are only going to be available for the newer versions of the iPhone. I, I don't have the all the complete details but that's the lock screen um, they're adding features where you can edit or uh, unsend uh, text messages which is never never happened before but i've also heard some reports that they may be pedaling back a little bit on that so that's a new feature uh to all their mail programs for iphone ipad and the macintosh they're uh increasing the uh accurate and completeness of their mail search features they're introducing uh Safari pass keys that you can use on your browsers instead of passwords and uh, they're um, adding features to their uh, uh, voice dictation for uh, for dictating text and messages improving maps uh, and so forth a lot of smaller features that are being improved but uh, the one about the lock screen and the enhanced uh, additions to the focus uh, feature and the widgets feature are uh, are impressive in that one iPad is pretty much uh, neck and neck with um, the phone except because of the bigger screen you have more room to work on and they've really uh, put a lot of work into the um, making multitasking uh, easier on the iPad. Uh, And this is something that's being added to the iPad OS uh, in version 16 and also into the Mac. But again, I believe this is only available on the latest versions of the processor. They call it um, using their penchant for puns uh, for these features. They used to have Launchpad and Mission Control, and uh, this is called stage manager a new way to multitask and get things done with ease resize windows to look the way you want and for the first time on ipad see multiple overlapping windows in a single view well this is important to people who have found in some cases the ipad is the ideal productivity tool especially if you equip it with a keyboard so you have a keyboard and a touchscreen and the ability to run multiple programs but it was always a real pain to get um, between uh, programs you had to really uh, go through gyrations to switch from one program to the other now they're going to have stage manager which will allow overlapping windows so you can just pick and choose from your running apps without having to go uh, triple clicking or bringing up some kind of thumbnail display or something like that that's a really welcome addition and it also works um, if you use an external external display which you can now do with iPads. Now that will handle with, uh, iPadOS 16, it'll handle screen resolutions up to 6k. You can use stage manager, uh, and have multiple apps on your iPad and your external display. So it's really gotten a lot of, um, improvements in terms of the user interface and, um, Especially if you're using an external monitor, which runs off the USB-C connector, which is how you charge your, um, charge and work with your iPad. With Macintosh Stage Manager, also has improved the way that you can choose between uh, uh, or among any of your open apps. Improved. Um, mail search as it has on the ipad and the ios safari password improvements and messages improvements but um they've really were put work into improving the iCloud shared photo library which was something that's people have been complaining about and wishing they had to, um, uh, put some work into they finally have but something is coming in the new version that doesn't exist or has has been wanting improvement because it hasn't existed it's called continuity camera and a lot of people are really excited about this because now with everybody doing facetime and zooming for meetings and concerts and and uh knitting lessons (laughs) and stuff like that or poetry recitals uh in the age of covid um This now allows you to use your desktop or laptop Macintosh um, using your iPhone as your webcam. So you can hook up, attach your iPhone to your device, use the powerful camera system of the iPhone with your Mac to do things never before possible with a webcam. Simply bring iPhone close to your Mac and it automatically switches to iPhone as the camera input and it works wirelessly so there's nothing to plug in and you know you can get a clip or a bracket or just hold it or prop it up next to your phone or uh, next to your uh, desktop Uh, but it um, will automatically because the iPhone has a a much 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 better camera than any um, webcam you can get that's one of the selling points of the iPhone is the excellence of their camera. And now if you just bring it up near the Mac uh, that's running your video conference, it'll automatically switch to the iPhone camera. And again, I believe this is only one that runs on the new Apple Silicon M1 or M2 uh, Mac. So it's a feature that is Another reason to update if you're um, way behind like me and think maybe there is are reasons to update. I think that's a, a great feature. Anyway, uh, let's not hang on to the Apple news very much longer. That's uh, something we will be covering on this show as it gets closer to the debut. Because I think there are some really, really useful um, additions coming to the Apple software Um offerings uh one more quick uh news update i'll make this very brief and then i also want to open up the phones if anybody has any questions or comments you can call it 895-2448 area 707-895-2448 this is point and click radio on kzyx philo kzyz Willets and ukiah um, I'm Bob Lawton here till eight o'clock and following point and click will be radiogram with Jamie Roberts, two hours of comedy, audio drama, jazz music, uh, topical content and really interesting radio on radiogram. This is also from Ars Technica and the, the, uh, pre-note on this is Comcast won't like this. I bet they won't, and I think there's going to be a K Street riot over this. Two senators who, uh, Jim assures me, are not up for re-election <laughs> this fall. Two senators are proposing a ban on data caps blasting Internet service providers for predatory limits. The Uncap America Act would ban data limits that exist solely for monetary reasons. Now, already that sounds a little sticky. What other reasons could there be? Well, there could be operational reasons. Let's see. U.S. Senators Ben Ray Lujan of New Mexico and Cory Booker of New Jersey want to ban Internet data caps. The Senators today introduced the Uncap America Act, which would prohibit predatory data caps that force families to pay high costs and unnecessary fees to access high-speed broadband. A broadband Internet access service provider shall not impose a data cap except when tailored primarily for the purposes of reasonable network management or Network congestion, the proposed law would order the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, to issue regulations to define the conditions under which data cap is to be considered tailored to the personal, the purpose of reasonable network management or managing network congestion. Okay. Data caps that don't comply with the exceptions would violate the Communications Act. While certain broadband internet access service networks may require practices to effectively manage congestion, those practices should be tailored to improve equitable access among computers, on, compute, consumers. Unnecessary data caps limit participation in the digital economy and are contrary to the public interest. The bill can be expected to attract fierce opposition from the broadband industry and would face long odds of passing through the Senate and House. If it does become law, it would likely prohibit the home Internet data caps imposed by Comcast and others, which clearly exist for financial purposes and not for any network management need. Well, we all know this. You have it on your cell phone. You have it on your cable uh, Internet connection. Um and the authors say, as Internet usage continues to be a necessity for work education and health care, no family should have to worry about extra fees and costs because of unnecessary limits on their data. Well, if you think back a few years ago when um, the fellow named Ajit Pai became the chairman of the FCC, we were having, on this show, we were having... Um, Reports and comments every single show about so called net neutrality and the idea that maybe some people were going to pay for play and get faster streaming of their movies or their music or their uh, blog posts or something like that. And it was the FCC was just a sewer at that time, in my humble opinion. And uh, it seems like it's about time we had some. Reversal of some of those really punitive, uh, draconian, uh, consumer unfriendly, corporate friendly, uh, telecom friendly uh, policies uh, and regulations, and I think if they threw away data caps, we could all toss our caps in the air, and and be be happy about that. That would be a really good change in in communications law. That's it for the uh, the uh, Uncap America Act. Um, give us a call if you have any questions or comments, 895-2448. Area 707, 895-2448. The phones are open here on Point and Click Radio. And um, we'll be back in two weeks with more news and uh more information about MCN, James Webb Space Telescope, the UNCAP, America Act, and any other topics of interest. There's some virus reports and more and more information about, uh, you know, vulnerabilities. I don't want to get into any of those topics. Those are for those are for a more in-depth report on a forthcoming show. But we do want to keep people updated on uh, protecting your computers. Uh, there are some good... Um, products available to protect Macs and PCs. We'll cover those in a future show. 895 2448 if you uh want to get on the air. Uh it's about 747 in the evening here in ukiah I'm coming to you from the ukiah studio. And uh while I'm waiting for callers to chime in, I did want to cover a little uh, a little something uh, that was um, from the uh, writer and commentator Cory Doctorow, uh, who writes and publishes his own stories and um, records his own audiobooks and actually is kind of on the leading edge of... Um, all things digital, especially digital rights management, DRM, if you're familiar with that. What DRM is, is the ability of publishers of content like audiobooks, ebooks, uh, digitally recorded music, uh, digital videos, and so forth, to make a product you buy actually not your own. In other words, you are limited. Into, into using the product you buy like an audiobook only on the app that the vendor of the audiobook provides for you and only on the devices that are compatible with that app and no you can't loan that book to a friend of yours like you could if it was a printed book that you bought at your local independent bookstore um but this is about Audible, and he comments in a recent blog post about how today Audible dominates the audiobook market. And he uses a really interesting word that I haven't heard in relation to um, digital uh, materials or or anything that has to do with digital distribution. Um, he prefaces his uh, comments on this point by saying computers are inescapably general purpose which is really interesting the only computer we know how to make is the computer that can run all the programs we know how to write that's what a computer is when someone claims to have built a computer-powered appliance in other words something powered by a computer that only does one thing His examples are, say, a smart speaker or a smart toaster that can only run certain programs. What they mean is they've designed a computer that can run every program, but which, at the point when it's sold to you, will refuse to run programs unless the manufacturer approves them. And he says this is technological nonsense. The program that checks to see whether other programs are approved by the manufacturer is also running on an untrusted computer. Um, Because that overseer program is running on a computer you own, you can replace it, alter it, subvert it, get rid of it, run programs that the manufacturer doesn't like, a modified program that unscrambles the supplied video, audio, or text, And instead of throwing away the unscrambled copy when you're finished reading, it saves it so you can open it with a program that doesn't restrict you from sharing it. Um, And so he's saying that as a technical matter, digital rights management actually can't work. But uh, the vendors of these products wave this away saying things like, this just keeps honest users honest. And as uh, he says, as Ed Felton once said, keeping honest users honest is like keeping tall users tall (laughs) so that they know that the technical countermeasures uh, don't really work. Back in 1998, Bill Clinton signed the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, DMCA, and you've heard us talking about that for 24 years now. This is a complex... uh, multifaceted law and a decidedly mixed bag. There are some good things in there, but of all the impacts that the Digital Millennium Copyright Act's many clauses have had on the world, none have been so quietly, profoundly terrible as section 1201, the anti-circumvention clause that protects digital right management. Under this congressional law, now the law of this country, it is a felony to traffic in tools that bypass digital rights management encoding. Doing so can land you in prison for five years, hit you with a fine of up to $500,000 for a first offense. And it's so broadly written that merely passing on factual information about bugs in a system, bugs in a system with DRN can put you in legal hot water. Anyway, all that is a uh, preface to the thing with uh, Audible and uh, the future of um, audiobooks, uh, which is what his concern is. And he uses the term choke point, and this is really interesting. He's referring to Audible, and he's calling it a choke point. And that's a word I haven't heard. What's a choke point? Well, your throat is a choke point. It certainly works Much better to cut off your air supply than your thigh or your ankle. Uh, And this is what's happening with Audible. Amazon bought Audible uh, during a brief interval in which Amazon was taking on DRM. They were saying uh, they were following Apple's lead. Apple was throwing out digital rights management on music. Users wouldn't be locked into Apple's platform. You could buy a track on Apple and play it on anything. Uh, and it was a problem in the music industry because they had woken up to the fact that people were just were not happy paying for music and not being able to use it anywhere and everywhere. I mean, if you had a uh, a Mac computer and a uh, MP3 player that didn't do anything with a Mac, why couldn't you just put the song you bought on your computer on your uh, portable player? Well, because of digital rights management, Apple got rid of that and amazon was going to get rid of it too but they backtracked on that and uh, in some markets audible owned by amazon has a market share of 90 percent and now audible will not let authors or publishers opt out of drm if you are going to publish an audiobook with audible you must let them add their drm to it so it basically takes it out of the hands of authors um to make a long story short, it means that a lot of authors that would want you to be able to get their audiobooks and get it without the digital rights management can't put their books on Audible. And so it's it's become another swamp of of uh corporate uh well choke points. That's what the point was about uh, that restriction so that's that for uh audible anyway um last chance to call if anybody would like to call and make a comment or ask a question we'll be back in two weeks with more of the uh point and click show and um continuing to follow up on some of our stories Everybody must be out enjoying the clear weather we're having here in Mendocino County. Oh, and I'm going to pot down the thunder. I am getting a call. That's great. Let's get a caller in here tonight. Higher in the air. you're on the air hi there um hey i was really enjoying your mono, monologue and i didn't want to interrupt you were doing such a good job oh thank but, you um, I, I, did, I had a lot of chew i <laughs> had a lot of chewy material tonight i wanted to get through yeah doing a good job of presenting it um i just i was in the shower when you um talked about the uh app the free app that you can scan products and get a consumer rating on them oh yeah um so I, but i didn't catch the name it's yuka y-u-k-a when i first looked at it i thought right. i thought it was yucca like you look at a product in a box and you go yuck no it's it, it turns out that the couple that started the program in in france um uh, a couple, a man and a woman, started. Uh, decided they really needed this program, and she was from the Yucatan, so just, they just named it after the Yucatan. It's Yuca after Yucatan. Uh, and if you go... So it's yucca.org? It's yucca.io. The uh, domain is .io. So if you go to yuka.io, you'll find all about it. And um, I played around with it with a little bit. I... Um, I scanned the label on my favorite shampoo, and I won't be using that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to try it on Dr. Bronner's and see what Oh, you're right. I'm going to do Bronner's as soon as I get home, because I bet you it gets a 90 <laughs> out of 100 at least. It's, um, uh, uh, for a vertige at minimum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm out of time, but thank you so much for calling thank in. Thank you so Yuka. much. check the Yucca program. Yep. And did, did you catch the one about the wildfires? Yes. Got it already. Watched it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. All right. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Always. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That's uh, great. Thanks for the caller who called in. We're out of time. Talk to you in two weeks. Happy computing.